Bryce. It's your girl, Kelly Wentworth. You know, from season 29. Played with my dad, Farm Guy 69. I'm pretty sure you know him. And then season 31, Second Chance. I did okay that season. But we can't forget about season 38, Edge of Extinction. Or, well, maybe we can't forget about that, actually. Just wanted to tell you, good job on the podcast. Congratulations on everything that you've accomplished. I listen, I enjoy, I laugh. I think we all need a little bit of laughter and excitement in our lives at this time. So thank you for all that you are doing. There's really only one thing left for me to say, and that's it's a it's a it's a purple pants podcast. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants. It's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. The Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. Ooh. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah, and what's going on? I hope everyone is safe. I hope this podcast finds you in a good mood, and if it does not, I guarantee baby boy will put you in a good mood. But before we go any further, if you guys could subscribe to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, if you could Give me a five stars. If you could write me a nice little review. I love to read the reviews because, you know, we go together. So I need some feedback from you guys. But how is everyone's week been going? I hope well. How was your weekend? You know me, busy as a quarantine bee. I've been, you know, trying to make lists of things that I need to do. I had some conference calls this weekend that, you know, added to my list of things to do. And, you know, baby boy, been, you know, trying to stay productive because it's real easy to slip in this quarantine and fall back and be lazy daisy. But I'm trying to stay productive, stay a bee. I have like a lot of things to work on. I've got a lot of things coming up in the future. So I'm just trying to stay on top of Miss Rona because Miss Rona ain't going to get me down. You know, baby boy is healing from my slip and fall. So everything is good. I'm so excited for this week's episode. We got a lot to get into. We've got our church announcements. And on the menu this week, we've got our Survivor News with Jack Atkins. And, you know, I listened you say I listen. I started watching Outer Banks, so I put Outer Banks on the menu. I've got Insecure. Okay, I've got Governor Brian Kemp on the menu. We've got the Purple Pants Premonitions. We've got the Purple Pants Picks. We got Advice with Bryce. And we've got the Purple Pants Pop-Up this week. We've got a special pop-up. Uh, so stay tuned in the podcast to see who our pop-up is. And then we've got Freak of the Week. Okay, so listen. We got we got a jam-packed episode, I say. Now let me wet the whistle today. Now today I'm wetting the whistle. So I had to... So y'all know, I be real open at my job with the coffee club, how I likes to borrow some coffee and not be a member of the coffee club and some creamer. But um, since, you know, I've been working from home, it ain't no coffee club to go to. So I had to break down 
this weekend. Well, actually, it was Friday. And I went to Target, masked up, and I bought me a Cure Rig. Now, I didn't buy a Cure Rig. But I bought a knockoff brand because, listen, Baby Boy wasn't spending $125. I wasn't spending $80, okay? Target had me a nice little uh, cute K-cup coffee maker for $49, which in my opinion was a little high. But, you know, I went with it. Okay, got me some coffee cups. And, you know, whew, I got me some Southern Pecan International Delight Creamer. And, woo, it's literally been like I wake up. I'm, like, so excited to get up in the morning because I'm like, oh, let me make some coffee. So that's what baby boy is wetting the whistle to today. Mm-mm-mm. I just brewed me a cup. Mm. Mm. Delish. I don't even know what they call because they're like called like the K cups or the Keurigs are like the brand of Keurigs. I don't even know what brand I got, but it's good. So, you know, invest in yourself. Okay. So I'm sure the coffee club would be excited for you. But let's get into this podcast. <laughs> So on this week's church announcements, I got mm, three things, short, sweet and simple, you know, keeping the church cute. But first on the church announcements, I just wanted to remind you guys that this Friday I released my purple pants protection face mask. You know, I got to look out for my purple pants posse. Okay, we can't be out here unsafe. So I released a limited edition purple pants protection face masks that are you know listen they selling like hotcakes i only ordered a few of them because i just you know just wanted to put something out there for the posse and for us to stay safe so if you have not already make sure you click the link in my instagram bio my twitter bio if you follow me on the facebook i got a link up there click the link and you better order your purple pants protections they selling like hotcakes so i only have a few left they're so cute i love them and yeah like you know and i was so surprised at the response like you know this week and I, that's what I did. I had to fill these orders. So I was so excited. So if you have not, make sure you get your purple pants protection. Stay safe out there. Don't let Miss Rona get you. All right. Second on the church announcements, I just want to remind y'all that over the weekend, Rob and Akiva has a podcast. They did a family feud, which was so much fun. There was a lot of great people on there. My girl, Allie Lasher, you know, the Wiggles, Stephen Fishback, Akiva, so many other great podcasters. Uh, so make sure you guys check that out because it was so much fun. And baby, we did a Zoom video so you can watch the video as well. Hilarious. And then last on the third announcements, I got to give a shout out to my good, good friend, my brother, Wendell Holland. Yes, you know, the owner of Beef Unlimited. So, you know, Wendell be coming over my house all the time. We watch the Survivor. And, you know, I, you know, my plant collection has grown. You know, I've got a lot of plants. Uh, and, you know, in my living room, I don't really like the way they displayed in my window. I just got them stuffed in there so maybe like two months ago i had said the window i said listen i need me a beef exclusive up in the castle so you know i and mind you i was like ah, now listen my budget okay we is during a pandemic okay my budget is a little 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 but listen i'll make payments so i had been making monthly payments okay on my little on my on my table and so last week well, when uh wendell came over to watch survivor he's like i'm coming over a little early i'm like oh okay so he came over and he started bringing stuff and i was like ah my beef table 
so wonderful. I love it. It just adds so I feel like, you know, my living room is an adult living room. It's so amazing. Uh, a great designer. I just love it so much. Um, and so mind you, my reaction to things. So you wouldn't believe this, but like, you know, as such an outgoing person as I am, whenever I receive gifts or whenever people give me compliments, I don't know why. I don't know how to like, I always make this weird face or I'm just like, thank you. Like just weird. Cause like the next day when it text me, it was like, I know you don't like it. I'm like, bitch, what are you talking about? I love it. I'm like playing in my living room trying to figure out how to set it up so i just wanted to give a, a huge shout out to Wendeezy for my beef exclusive plant table it is amazing um and you know he's been making these uh wood-based basketball hoops so during this pandemic y'all the kids in the house they're getting on your nerves or your home office you need something you know these beef basketball hoops are amazing so make sure you guys check out beef unlimited and see what Wendeezy got for you okay so yes that is going to conclude this week's church announcements it's a man who is a menu me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew it's a man who is a menu me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew and we are back this week with our favorite baby boy jack the atkins what's popping what's up bryce how's it going man everything is gucci over here how's things over there in houston texas h to zown not bad not bad holding down the fort i would say but you know we're getting into a little bit of a quarantine routine so not too bad oh well what what is your quarantine routine all right i wake up usually around <laughs> 3 p.m you know, maybe one thirty p.m. if it's a busy day. Uh, do a little bit of schoolwork, play video games, and play online poker, and hang out with my dad. Oh, but like baby that, boy's dad. been baby boy's been hustling, man. We're making some money from poker, so what, oh, so you play w- with real money? Yeah, I play with friends and stuff. Oh, oh how much know. is the last? How much is the? What's the largest amount you recently won? Uh, well, and I, I'll just say in the last two weeks since we started been playing, I'm up like a thousand dollars. Oh, I know, baby boys get rich. Jack, let me hold two dollars. <laughs> let me, I'll, let me I'll, hold. I'll hit you with the Venmo right now. Let me hold five fire tokens. Tony's about to come ask. Yeah, Tony's gonna come <laughs> ask if he could. Can I borrow? Can I borrow uh, some some money, Jack? <laughs> uh, uh, but how about this episode of Survivor, wow. Bryce? Oh, it, I I think the the preheat is past preheat. I think it's Whoa. burning up. It's, yeah, it's sizzling. This I I think last week, if you remember my little bit of a rant, I think my prayers were answered. I think the editors heard. I think Jeff got a hold of my message. He's like, guys, we got to give Jack what he wants. <laughs> we got to give him a hundred percent Tony. And I was like, oh, I love it, Jeff. Thank you. Did you know, Bryce? <laughs> this episode, Tony set the record for confessionals in an Eleven episode. Eleven confessionals. Eighteen. Eighteen. Eight- Oh, eight is, is, is what I heard. But and that that beats all the records, even like finale records, which obviously the finales are like two and a half hours. And it's only like three players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this is one hour of pretty much just Tony this episode. But I know you love Tony and I love me some Tony. So what an episode by Tony, though. I th- it, it was just absolutely incredible. Definitely. He pulled off some legendary moves that I was like, you know, I couldn't believe that like he was able to do that. I know. He, I mean, let's just run through the list real quick. He started off the episode. He finds an idol. He mm-hmm. gets this extortion penalty where, and then and one of the hilarious scenes of the episode was him running through the woods and then he just popped <laughs> down in the sand like a little kid. Uh-huh. Uh, but he managed to get tokens from people 
in different alliances to, to pay off the penalty. And then he gets to play the immunity challenge. He wins the immunity challenge. And then he makes a last minute blindside of Sophie. And then even in the preview for next episode, we see he's building a spy spy nest or sky shack, as I've heard it called. It's just insane. He's it's like he went to, you know, his it's like if he's in college with me, he's going to the resume guidance counselor. And he's like, <laughs> All right, I'm just going to write my whole resume in one, in one episode. Um, what did you think was most impressive? Um, I definitely would have to say what was most impressive was him being able to split that vote 4-3-2 for him to get Sophie out with that epic blindside from Sophie while Sophie had that idol in her crotch. Yeah, no, I I, want to come circle back to that because I think that was a great, uh, you know, a a very exciting move. I want to discuss a little bit later whether we think it was the right move, but clearly just a, a big move and exciting stuff from Tony. Um, just before that, what, what were your thoughts on that extortion penalty uh, just as a as an aspect of the game? And do you think Tony and Parvati and Natalie did the right thing with it? So I think it is a, a very interesting aspect of the game. However, if I were to play the extortion, I would probably send it to someone that I know could not pay the extortion so that it would actually be a penalty to them. You know, giving it to someone like Tony, which I guess they, they wanted him to get the tokens, which they figured that he would. But I probably would use it in the way to like mess up someone's game. Like, you know, if I didn't like Nicklicious, I probably would send it to Nicklicious because Nicklicious Nicklicious probably could not be able to scrounge up those five fire tokens. But if you don't get paid and you're on the edge, then you can't buy anything. It's, it's, but I mean, I know. But at this point, you just want to be like, fuck y'all. <laughs> yes. At this point, I just want to mess your game up. I want you to sit out of tribal and not have a vote. Oh, I mean, that's, sit out of the immunity challenge and not have a vote. I mean, that's fair. That would be the entertaining thing is if you just don't like someone and you're like, all right, I'm just going to mess up your game. But I think Parvati and Natalie were, you know, probably starving and we're like, all right, let's get, let's do what we can here. I, I honestly don't love, it was exciting advantage to me, but I don't love from a gameplay perspective, the ability for these people on the edge to have that much influence. We didn't really see it have too much of an effect because Tony was able to pay it off. But I think if he has to sit out of not only a challenge, but also not be able to vote i i think that's you know not really i think that's a little bit much but the way it worked out in the episode i think was fine so i guess i don't have any major complaints with that <laughs> um but it, it was it was exciting um if i honestly if i was tony and you know there's so much going on in the game that it's hard to tell but if i was tony i almost just be like you know what? No, I'm not going to pay this. I'm just going to tell everyone that my punishment is sitting out of the immunity challenge and then I'm going to keep my no vote a secret unless it, it really becomes a problem. Because to me, it's just, you know, it's one, if he doesn't get those fire tokens, he's really just exposed himself and, you know, he's taken fire tokens from people. But additionally, it's kind of just like, is it is, is having a vote and being able to play immunity, especially after you just won the last immunity, so winning another immunity could put the target on your back, is that really worth six fire tokens I, I mean i guess the game's coming down to the wire here and, and you, people need to start spending but it just seems like such a steep price that i really as a player would just be like nah i don't, I don't want to pay that for sure definitely i wouldn't pay it either but obviously for someone like tony i feel like he executed an, a major plan of getting sophie out and i have a lot to say about that because i like i had to give more yeah let's let's tony. dive into that i mean I, we obviously tony plays the the immunity challenge and, and wins another one and then we get you know i love what i what i loved about this episode is we get a solid strategic layout we see all the plans <laughs> 
plans. We see the perspectives of Kim and Denise going, you know, just flipping to stay with the majority. And then you have Jeremy and Michelle in the minority. And then you have Tony comes. And, you know, with all this information that we're giving, he kind of lays out his own plan last minute to Jeremy on the beach. What what were your thoughts on that? Well, definitely. I was, you know, surprised at how much Michelle and Jeremy were eating up Tony's, like, you know, double agent. Like, I'm just like, like, what are you doing? And Kim caught caught it right on. Yes. Like, and that just shows you how aware of a player Kim is. Mm -hmm. And we haven't seen a lot of Kim, but it just goes to show that, like, Kim may not be getting a great editor we don't see a lot of her but she is very tuned to what's happening on that island and like you know she it makes me kind of nervous for her because it's like if she's that in tuned if tony gets a whiff of that she might be his next target yeah i agree it's kim's showing why she's such a masterful player and we haven't seen a lot from her but you know coming in everyone's like oh kim's a big target kim's a great player and she she somehow effortlessly manages to just get herself in the she started off a little rocky just numbers wise but she still manages to just make really solid connections. Uh, And I think you're right. I mean, just, you know, if we're talking hyenas versus lions right now, I think Jeremy could be in trouble going forward. So I think it really could be a battle of Tony, Kim and Sarah. And I honestly think maybe Tony or Sarah, we could see taking this, this, this one home uh, and getting the win, but it's, it's definitely going to be exciting. And and I think Tony, I'm still debating whether I think this was a good move for his game. It was definitely exciting and well executed move, no doubt. But it just feels a little bit early to me, just a little bit early for Tony to go full Tony, though he does have an idol. They're approaching the final eight now. Uh, granted, someone will be coming back from the edge at some point, which kind of adds another round to the game. And Tony's kind of really exposed his cards here. It's a good thing he was doing such a good job with Jeremy and Michelle to make them think he was on his side. Because otherwise, I think they would kind of just be like, all right, we were able to get Tony on our side for this round, but we don't know if we could trust him long term. Well- I think it was an excellent move for Tony m- for multiple multiple layers. One, obviously, Sarah is his closest alliance, and he is very vigilant, or he is very aware of Sophie mm-hmm. and Sarah's relationship. So what a better thing than for him to, like essentially cripple Sarah because Sophie is her most closest confidant. So he can get her out and boom, he's got Sarah to himself and kind of do what he wants with Sarah. Also at the same time, if he's playing double agent to Jeremy and Michelle and then he comes up with this Kukumanda idea to say like Jeremy, they're voting, everyone's voting for you. Vote Sophie and we'll get her out. And obviously Sophie goes home. So then that also garters uh, a shield for him because now he's got Michelle and Jeremy. So say if he goes back to Sarah and Sarah is awry and no longer wants to work with Tony, Tony now has Jeremy and Michelle in his back pocket and he's still kind of like in control. So to me, that is genius. That is like when you are definitely playing a current game and when you are playing four steps ahead. I got to give it yeah, to my boy I, Tony. I have, I have mixed feelings there because you're right. I think nine is a great time for that move because you come out of it with Nick, Jeremy, and Michelle, and there you have at least three allies out of the eight, so you're going to have at least four people. The 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 double edges the double edged sword that I am kind of thinking about that you pointed out is that you know Sarah, he realized how close Sarah and Sophie were, and a lot of times what people will do in the game of Survivor is if they have an ally that they really want to keep close to them, they'll try to cut someone that they're close to to reel them back in, but. Even in the, the preview for the next episode, we see Sarah is really pissed off at Tony. And so obviously, while you want to bring Sarah closer to you, it's it's kind of like at what cost? You, you don't really know how the person's going to react. 
and we see Sarah reacts poorly here. I don't know if that's a misjudgment by Tony. But I don't know if she'll get over that. We also know how Sarah plays, and we see Sarah, like, you know, giving her Chinese food to Nick, you know, trying mm-hmm. to be a good human. But people saw right through that. So it's like, I really feel like Tony did a good, good job in this in the sense that even if Sarah rebels, people, I feel like after what we've just seen, people will probably be more likely to work with Tony than Sarah. That might be true because you're right. Sarah absolutely does play a cutthroat game. Game Changers, for example, we see her vote out uh, Sierra Don Thomas with no remorse and take her legacy advantage. Uh, so hopefully, you know, I think it's good if Sarah can, you know, game recognize game here and try to get over things. And maybe you're right. If she doesn't, then she could actually paint a target on her back. Right. And I guess at the end of the day, Tony does have an idol here. So Tony's played this low key game for long enough. And with an idol in his pocket, maybe he's thinking, you know, it's time to really crank things up. The thing I do think is it it might still be a little bit early because if Tony gets to the end really in any situation, even if he did like a third of what he did last episode, he's still probably going to win just because of his reputation. So I don't know. I, I don't know if it's the best move. There's a lot of thinking going on, but I love that it happened just because of how exciting Tony's fast paced gameplay is and how and like the spin that it's putting on the season. You know what I mean? No, definitely for sure. It just also leads me to wonder, like, a lot of, like, you know, like, you know, Ben's got to get in the game. Nick's mm-hmm. got to get in the game. And Jeremy's got to get in the game, essentially. Like, you know, I love Jeremy, although, like, you know, I'm mad at him. But, like, I, I feel like if Jeremy were to be able to pull off a move, like, getting Tony out, that would booster yeah. Jeremy's, like, you know, so, I mean, it's anybody's game here. Although, you know, I am Team Kagian, Tony or Sarah at for the top sure. of my list. And, and I but, love Jeremy, too. And I... I, I I don't know if I grouped him in when I was mentioning uh, Tony, Sarah, and Kim as people I think could really win, but I think Jeremy's right up there as a threat level. I'm just worried based on some of the trouble he's had in the recent episode, you know, just with his name getting thrown out, being a little bit unawares of things. I'm just worried that he's going to get caught lacking sooner rather than later. Well, right. And I, I like, I don't want that to happen, but I agree. But my thing mm-hmm. is like, even if like say Jeremy went to the end right now with the game that he's playing to me, that's not a winner worthy edit. Like he's got to make, he yeah. has been like, you know what I mean? He's just basically surviving, which I understand the survivor is a game that you got to survive. But for a player like Jeremy, I need for him to like pull a hell man. He got to pull an audible and do something like, obviously, yeah. and my thing is like the best thing that he possibly could do uh, would be get rid of Tony. Now, he, if he could pull that off, Jeff better hand him that $2 million. I, I will say here, thinking about it long term, you kind of have four standouts, not as goats, but as people that are kind of on a much lower threat level. So who would that be? Uh, and, ben, and it's, it's Nick, ben, Denise, Denise and Michelle. Nick and Michelle. Not that they're goats, but that they've played kind of a lower tier. Not Maybe not even within this season, but just given their reputations coming in, they're seen as a little bit more passive. If you think about it, it's more than likely that at, obviously I think one, maybe two, maybe even three will end up in the final tribal council. So of those big, you know, lion players, I kind, I'm kind of thinking about, you know, who could end up, who has the best relationships with those lower players that they would actually be able to end up in a final three with those people. And someone that's actually sticking out to me now that I'm thinking about this is Jeremy. He has that relationship with Michelle. I feel like he and Nick, maybe they hasn't been shown that much, but I feel like they have a good relationship and they just voted together. 
Uh, and then Ben's kind of an anom- anomaly. He definitely isn't cool with Jeremy at this point because we had Jeremy give that cold confessional last episode that he just didn't really like Ben. But I don't really <laughs> see Ben as a finalist. Just he, I just don't think he's at the level everyone else is. I don't think he'll be able to navigate unless he's absolutely dragged along. And then Denise, I feel like you know she played an idol for Jeremy early in the season. We haven't really seen that relationship recently. But I think Denise and Jeremy could be some be someone that goes deep. So that's just something I, I didn't think about before. But thinking about it now, it's likely that some of those, you know, hyenas will make it to the end. And I'm just wondering who they go with. Definitely. Um, yeah. And so if they're bringing someone along, I definitely don't think it should be someone like Denise. Because Denise still has the fact that she took out Sandra and that she True. played that idol for Jeremy. Um, I don't think it should be. I, I mean, I don't know. It's just hard because. Yeah, it's a lot if, going on. Yeah. It's, it's like I'm a little too early to predict. But definitely. I definitely am liking what I see. I definitely for sure love this episode. I did not like the betrayal of Tony, but I've been saying this all podcast long that if Sarah continues to stick with Tony, he's going to do what he did yeah. to her and Kagian. And this is a prime example. Like Tony is Tony is out for himself. Like it's not cops are us. Like, you know, it's only yeah. one cop it's that is for is us. Right. So it's, it's actually uh, it's very reflective of Tony's game, his move at final nine and survivor Kagian where there's this big target and Spencer and he's close with LJ and he actually decides to, and even in in that episode in Kagiyan, he's talking about getting Spencer out. Tony's talking about getting Spencer out. And then he decides, you know, I'm going to use this person to take out the biggest threat in my Alliance, you know, in his season of LJ. Now it's Sophie. And he's making this like almost a rash decision, but he's taking out a big threat in his Alliance and then kind of re-solidifying things. So he's, it's kind of really, it's mirrors that. And we're kind of seeing old Tony, but Bryce, I just like to talk about two other little things that we kind of get a touch on in this episode and get your thoughts on them. The sure. first of which would be uh, Nick's edit. And I, I've seen a, a little bit on like Twitter and Reddit uh, and just, you know, thinking about Nick as a person and a player, how just this season, how his edit has kind of been um, at first kind of funny. And now it feels like it's branching out to a little bit more like it's making him look foolish. And and I know Nick, obviously, obviously he's one survivor and he's a great guy. He's not a, he's not an idiot. Um, and I, while the content is humorous, it's also, it just feels like they're not giving him enough. It's, it feels kind of weird. Like he was part of that, that big move with Tony and Tony gets 18 confessionals and Nick gets, you know, one confessional. What do you think about how Nick's being portrayed this season, especially as someone who knows him a little bit? Definitely. Um, I mean, and obviously I know that what they're showing of Nick is only one side of it but I the one thing that I know about production um, is that they love a good storytelling and unfortunately if Tony is going to tell the story better then they're probably going to go with Tony as opposed to Nick um, so I really think that that's just really what it boils down to is that Tony is able to captivate us with his storytelling and I think that Nick maybe just did not deliver a good enough like you know story for us to see but obviously we know Nick is in the game and he yeah. has been kind of one of the players that has kind of like we haven't seen a lot of um, and it, really it just feels like Every time we see him, it's something like kind of <laughs> ridiculous, you know, like it, he'll be like creeping on up, up on someone it, like in someone's conversation. He's telling Parvati he had like an awkward crush on her. Even this episode, <laughs> he's like, everyone called me vampire Donathan. And that's like all we see. It's just weird. You know what I mean? It is a little weird, but you know, that's Nicklicious. So you, you either love it or hate it. And I love it. Yeah, I guess they're just giving us a little sliver of Nicklicious every episode. It's just <laughs> something new. And then the other thing I wanted to talk about, Bryce, 
we were both very high on Sophie's game coming into this episode and really all season. And I'm still high on her game. You know, it was a tough blindside and it was really a bold and well-executed move from Tony that I really don't think she could have expected. What do you think Sophie's overall survivor legacy is out, you know, coming out of this episode? Uh, I, I think that it shows that she's a top contender, like period, that she can hang with the big boys. And even like she said, uh, like in her confessional going on, it really kind of like proved to herself that she's a survivor player. And Sophie blew everyone out the water. I think that she played an amazing game. The only tad bit that I would give to Sophie as a viewer of the show is that she played an awesome game. She stuck to her alliance. She was very loyal. But I think in this aspect, being loyal is what killed the cat. I felt like if she maybe would have spent a little more time garnering relationships with Michelle with Jeremy when this audible came by Tony she may have been warned by somebody that she could have been more open to as opposed to just giving her undenounced loyalty to Sarah because ultimately her loyalty to Sarah is what got her voted out so if she would yeah. have like spreaded her seeds a little bit more um, I think that it, she might have maybe gotten an indication that she was the target and she could have played that idol I think that's actually a great point that really epitomizes what Sophie did this season. I agree. She really showed she's a hell of a player, but, and I think throughout the game, she was always kind of sitting pretty in the majority. Oftentimes even scenes would show she would have people coming to her, like asking what they should do. Even last episode when Jeremy left tribal, she's like, all right, let's just go talk and figure this out. Um, and and it, it's in that way, it's kind of ironic that the vote she goes home, she doesn't have the majority of votes. She has the plurality because the minority managed to take advantage of the split. She only four people of the nine voted for her. And that's the minority that she actually wasn't working with and didn't have a good hold of. So I think right. I think that's really like the only way that she could have gone out at this point, because I feel like she would have had some moves up uh, up her sleeve down the line. Uh, and was just kind of sitting pretty in the majority waiting to get there. And then the minority makes this great move. For sure. So it like it sucks. But at the end of the day, in my opinion, Sophie goes out as a legend that she is. And like, you know, I, her mm-hmm. torch will forever live. And I think she'll heart. be back. I feel like she could oh, be back. Definitely. For sure. I definitely think that uh, they love what they got of Sophie. And mm-hmm. just how conniving and how and the trickery of it all. I loved it. So I, she I, crushed I, it. Yes, for sure. And I mean, we still going to see more of her on Edge of Extinction. I'm curious about that both because I think she could get back into the game and just at her as a new schooler and maybe being a little bit more of like a neurotic cerebral player, the edge could pose a little bit more of a challenge for her. And I know she'll tackle it, but I'm just excited to see how she interacts with that. And I think yeah. she could, she, and maybe even her reuniting with Yule, I think they could have a very unique perspective on the fire tokens out there too. Definitely. And that mind you never know, like say if she wins a fire token, she might, you know, do what Amber did and give her fire token to Yule and help Yule get a better advantage. Oh, I don't know about that. Maybe though. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. But needless to say, this was an amazing episode. And needless to say, this was an amazing recap from you, baby boy. Thank Can you, right? This, yeah, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Can we count on you for next week? Of course. And I'm 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 getting sad because we only have I think three episodes left, and then obviously the next season's postponed, so it's going to be a, a bit of a, a bit of a break. I, I mean, I know, but I mean, although it might be postponed, it, it still may come on in the fall. You never know. So hopefully, fingers That's crossed true. that the Survivor guys can make it lift. But Maybe I'll be me- out there. I don't even oh, know. Oh, Chile. Well, in the meantime, we'll catch you next week. Get to bed. Get your study done. And that is going to be this week's Survivor News with our baby boy, Jack Atkins. Of course, Bryce. Thank you. So y'all kept tweeting me and kept writing me and saying, Bryce, are you watching Outer Banks on Netflix? Are you watching Outer 
other things on Netflix. And I'm like, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it. So over the weekend, I started watching Outer Banks. Now, I didn't get far. So I only watched episode one through three. But listen, I'm hooked. Purple Pants Posse, I'm hooked. Um, and it's a lot. So it is, you know, this show is The Outer Banks. And it's like a teenage show. I say it gives me like Friday Night Lights meets Dawson's Creek. You know, maybe a little bit of Charmed in there, but not so much Charmed. But I just love Charm and Prue. Uh, y'all know what show that is? I used to love that show. But anyway, so The Outer Banks is like this teenage show. But I love teenage shows because, child, these teenagers, they be more grown than I do. So it is about The Outer Banks and... In North Carolina and one of the things that I really uh, really kind of drawed me in at first was that like you know the Outer Banks is a vacation home for a lot of people a lot of wealthy people will buy vacation homes down there and some wealthy people like kind of like live there like you know in Florida they make it their retirement home um, but there is a community that lives in the Outer Banks and so they really kind of start off the main character his name is John B okay hey John B um, not the not the R&B singer John B. Now that might go over some of your heads, but listen, okay, but who, who, what y'all know about John B the singer? But anyway, so John B is this he is, I, I want to say orphan, but he's not an orphan. So his dad is missing. We don't know if his dad is dead or alive. Presume, presume I don't even know the word. Presumably? Presume prosume, presumably presumed dead but John B don't think that he's dead so John B is living in his dad's house unsupervised now here go with my social worker kick in unsupervised his uncle's supposed to be there with him but his uncle is really down like in Mississippi working somewhere and so like you know the social worker at the school is really concerned about him and they're trying to take him into foster care because like he is 16 living on his own so he's got this group of friends. Before we get to the group of friends, I wanted to talk about uh, one of the things that really drew me in was that, like, you know, there is in the society of the Outer Banks, there's the wealthy area and the people that are from the wealthy areas, they call them the kooks. OK, the kooks is the people with the money. And then where JJ and his friends are from, it's they're called the prox, like the lower end. And so it, you really get to see a different like society breakdown of it. And I always love stuff like that because it's like you you. How, how would you know that? So, uh, John B. has some friends. One of his friends is named JJ, who, listen, that's, that is my favorite character of the show, Purple Being Spicy. Okay, most of y'all would have thought, oh, you don't like John B.? No, I like JJ. Because JJ, wow, he crazy. He loses his temper a lot. But I really feel like JJ is the most, like, street smart and reasonable one of them all. Then they've got Pope. Pope is their extremely smart friend. Okay, a little nerdy, a little extrovert, but he ride or die. Then they have Kira. Kira really is a kook, okay? Her family owns a restaurant. She's got money, but she doesn't fit in with the rich kids. So Kira is the final friend of John B's group. Now, everybody in John B group seem to like Kira. Pope like Kira. JJ like Kira. And it seems where I'm at in episode one and three that John and Kira have uh, an interesting thing going on. It seems that Kira is really, and mind you, her name might be Kara, but I think it's Kira, but I'm not sure. But I know y'all going to light me up on Twitter and tell me. But John B and Kira seem to have like this. Kira seems to like him and he kind of like is interested in her. But there is a girl, another girl that I really feel like John B likes. It is his boss's daughter. So... The story kind of starts off that, you know, they spend a lot of time explaining all of these people, but a hurricane comes, okay? Hurricane wipes out essentially the, the outer banks. And so 
a lot where the progs live, they don't got no power. They don't got nothing. Uh, where the kooks live, they've all got generators and, you know, they got power and stuff. So John B and his friends, JJ, the day after the hurricane, they go out. And they just go cruising on, on out of banks and seeing what damage is done. And so when they're out cruising, they hit a sandbar. And from the sandbar, like, you know, they kind of investigate and they realize it is a, a boat down there. So they swim down to the boat. Which, okay, I, I ain't doing none of that purple pants posse, okay, because that was me. I'll keep my behind right on the boat, okay? Coast Guard, I see a boat. I ain't diving in no boat. So they dive down into this boat, and they John B. finds a key. Now, also, during this storm, somebody went missing. They went dead, okay? They, they washed up on the shore. So there's a lot of different things kind of, like, going on. And so they find this key, and they're like, where did this key, like, where does it go to? So they figure out that it's this motel on the other side of the Outer Banks. So, John B. and his crew, they go to the motel, and they get into the motel, and of course, soon as John B. and JJ is in the motel, the police come, and Pope and Kira is like, oh my God, what do we do? So, the police are like walking up to the motel as John B. and JJ are, are in there trying to figure out, so then there's a safe in there, they figure out this coal, it got some money in there, and it has some maps. They can't really figure out the maps and stuff, but it got some money. First of all, okay, Purple Pants Posse, if I see that money, let me just, I'm stuffing all of that in there. So, uh, Kira and Pope get to the, the room. They throw rocks at the room. And, you know, JJ and John, they don't jump out the window, but they come out the window and they sit on the side of it. So, when the police go in the room, oh, and it, it's also a gun. Okay, remember that because this gun keeps coming up a lot in these first three episodes. So, remember the gun. JJ, whoo. Hey, JJ. JJ got the gun. So the police go in the room, they open up the safe, they see the maps, they take the maps, and the police take the money. Mm-mm-mm, little dirty, 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 dirty. So, you know, after all of that, JJ and them get out, they're trying to figure out, like, you know, what does this mean? What could the maps mean? What does this money mean? So they, it's a lot of things that happen. Now, mind you, my memory might be going a little bit because this was Friday night. But after they got the maps, at some point in time, they went back to the site and John B went to his old boss, who is a kook, owns a boat. They got this uh, submarine diving, diving equipment and they went back while now I told you a body was missing and his boat was missing. So the day that the, the town organized a go searching for the person okay they was searching for the boat now because the the dead body came up missing and now they and now the sheriff's department is organizing a search and so the day of the search uh all the people get their boats and they basically are searching the outer banks for this boat now the day of the search these two other people that aren't really townspeople come in to help look for the boat so this is the same day that they go scuba diving back to the boat to see if there's more stuff that they could find because there should be gold on the boat or maybe they're not looking for the gold just yet. So they get to the boat. John B. goes down. The One of the sheriffs come up while John B. is down scuba diving. He only got like 20 minutes. He's literally like comes to swim up. He got like 49 seconds while the police are there looking. So the police scurry away. He gets up just in time. And I believe this is when he finds the compass, which he believes to be his dad's compass. And now he feels like his dad is giving him a clue. Now, at the same time, them other two people start pulling up on him. And they're like, who are those guys? We there like, I don't know. So... 
you know, John JJ is driving the pole. They start driving up, and these people bang, bang, start shooting at them. Oh, wait, they're shooting at my babies. So they're trying to get away. They're trying to get away. And Kira, the smart girl, she there's a net on the boat. She throws the net on the boat, gets caught up in the other boat, and they safe. So child now pe- people is really out here trying to kill him so at the same time john b wakes up at his house and there is a black sheriff i forget her name i, I don't know what her name is but we're just gonna call her sheriff lady now mind you the sheriff lady seems to be on john b's side because she's like john b they really want to take you in i don't want to take them in but you got to help me there's a lot of things going on now mind you in between this also, once they found a lot of this stuff, they were like, okay, we guys got to lay low for a couple of days until we can go back out to go scuba diving. And in that time, they threw a keg party. So they threw a keg party down uh, on the poke side. Now, at this keg party is like, you know, where the kooks come. A lot of the, you know, visiting people come. It's a good old time. So they was having a really good time. Uh, but JJ and John B got into a fight with now the, the girl that John B like. Her name is Sarah, who John B, he works for her dad. Now, Sarah is dating this other guy. I forget his name, but he's a jerk, but he's kind of cute. So him and John B get into a fight and he is like really beating up John B to the point that jj has to jump in okay this is why i try so y'all this is why i love me my jj now the gun that they found jj get the gun pointed to his head he was like what do you want to do here you don't get off my friend so he got off his friend and then here did now this is the part i don't like about jj because he's crazy so then like you know after everyone's kind of upset he shot the gun up in the air like bang bang everybody get off my beach now why would you do that jj if you know you got a stolen gun and you know people looking for y'all so, the sheriff is at John B's house, and she's basically like, you know, I heard it was a shooting. Help me. I'll help you. So, John's like, I didn't hear about the gun, but he kind of gives her a little more information. Now, mind you, it's something shady about this sheriff. Now, I feel like she's trying to help the John to be, but she really not because I, I don't know. It's just something I'm getting from her. Um, and so, a lot of other stuff happens in these first three episodes that has me hooked. Um, what else happens? So, oh, they try to... uh, So... They get the map, and then so John B. gets the compass, and he feels like his dad is trying to, like, you know, tell him something. So, I don't know how, again, please forgive me, because, listen, I was falling asleep. I was half falling asleep, a little wet in my whistle. At some point in time, they they there is, like, a, a name that keeps coming up, that they think it's a boat. They realize it's not a boat, and what John B. realizes is that, like, it's a name. His dad is trying to tell him something. So he, they figure out it's his great, 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 great grandfather. So they go to where he's buried at in the graveyard and they can't get in. So Kira has to like jump in and basically literally John B's dad left him a message. So John B is like, oh my God, like, you know, my dad is trying to tell me something. Now there's like this sub, not there's this ship, like the great submarine merchant that like is always been a mystery that people can never find but like you know back in the old days when the Outer Banks were found like it had gold on it and it sunk and so like you know it's this big treasure hunt that John B is like destined to find out what is going on with his dad and baby it get crazy now I'm gonna just stop my you know review cause baby I know you're like Bryce is all over the place he messes stuff up but listen I'm just trying to wet y'all whistle if y'all not watching Outer Banks get into it and after I finish this podcast baby boy is definitely going to be getting in to the rest of Outer Banks and so I'll report to you guys next week on the Outer Banks okay now on to Insecure or okay now quick little recap on this week's episode of Insecure which I again I'm just love Insecure because it's about you know our girl Issa but I really feel like a lot of the messages in Insecure like I can relate 
to. Like, you know, I just can relate to like her friction with her friends. And it's just really good. So this week on this episode, it is Thanksgiving. So Molly... Issa's best friend. They always, it looks like they always kind of spend Thanksgiving together. Well, not spend Thanksgiving together, but Molly makes pies. And so Issa always crashes her, Molly's house, and eats the pies. So they're out grocery shopping and they are like just buying avocados and they start kind of like, you know, taking dags at each other uh, to the point where like, you know, Molly's like, should I invite, you know, my little, my new boo to Thanksgiving? And Issa's like, girl, why would you do that? You know, that's going to be too much Molly. Like, you know, he, she ain't gonna be ready for your family. So Molly kind of sort of takes offense to that. And then and then she takes a jab at Issa, like being okay with being Condola's friend while she's dating Lawrence. And it kind of just like, oh, Issa, like, why are you being so mean? And Molly's like, you feel like I'm taking shots at you, you taking shots at me. So then they both acknowledge that, like, for the last couple of, like, weeks, their friendship has been off. And so it's kind of an awkward situation. And so they're like, well, let's just talk about it at Thanksgiving when I come over to your house. And so, you know, they're like, fine. So... Right before Thanksgiving, Issa is, you know, out working at a little eatery, lunchery, kind of like a Pandera. And she is like, you know, working. And then Lawrence pops up. And so she's like, hey, Lawrence. And then he's like, what you doing here? She's like, oh, you know, I'm just out here working on some things. And so they kind of just like, you know, reconnect, laugh. They was together for five years. And so they have like their inside jokes. So all of a sudden, Condola pops up. And so Issa's like, oh, hey, oh, I was just leaving. And she was like, you know, oh, okay. And Issa, then they're like, Issa order soup and Issa was like oh I got that to go and then they're like food for here so obviously awkward but you know Issa is still trying to put a big smile on her face through the situation so Thanksgiving is this week and so Issa and her brother are planning on going to her mom and stepdad's house they don't really like her stepdad but they won't go so they pull up for Thanksgiving to go see her stepdad and they get there and like an ambulance is out there and like oh my god what's going on but then they realize her stepdad got hurt they don't really like the stepdad so the mom is like I gotta take the stepdad to the hospital I'll be back you know go in the house you know family's coming over so you know wait so Issa and her brother like well we don't really like our stepdad family so we ain't gonna go so Issa and her brother go to a Mexican restaurant for Thanksgiving I would love that so the wait for the food is like an hour so Issa's like let me just text Molly to say hey Molly I'm gonna be a late coming to Thanksgiving so she texts Molly like hey girl like Thanksgiving got crazy. I'll be there a little later. And Molly texts back, do your thing, girl, which is kind of like, you know, just very shady responses. So she's really enjoying Thanksgiving with her brother. And she shares with her brother that, like, she kind of felt some type of way seeing Lawrence with Condola at that spot. And she feels like any of you guys that watch Insecure, like the first season, Lawrence, unemployed, you know, he was wanted to be a, a engineer and he just was still on the grind phase where Issa was like the one working, bringing in the bread. And she just kind of felt like all of those years that she put in with Lawrence, you know, helping his career grow, motivating him. Condola is reaching the the benefit and this is the first time that we hear Issa being honest but you would think that this is something that Issa would be honest with her best friend Molly but obviously we see not so then let's then it get good so back to Lawrence and Condola so Lawrence and Condola you know playing sleepover kissy kissy so you know he's like my friend 
has this Thanksgiving if you want to come if you're not doing anything and Condola's like well actually I'm doing a Friendsgiving at my house and so Lawrence kind of like invites himself and Condola's like well sure if you want to come so the day of Lawrence comes he gets all dressed up Lawrence look good so yeah so he meets her friends and they're having a great time so one of her friends gets drunk that would be me um, and you know she just gets drunk so Lawrence is like can I get anybody anything else to drink so Lawrence goes into the kitchen and you know the friend follows him in there and he's pouring you know the drink for her and she's just like I'm so happy you know you have Condola Condola has you in her life and he's like oh that's good she's like you know I told her she needs to start dating and you know she got to get over her ex-husband and like you know date you know without strings attached and he's like oh really so that's kind of the first thing that he gets in his head because we know Condola was married and when he first met Condola that was kind of like a point of contention like do I want to meet somebody that's married or not so after the party was over um you know him and Condola are cleaning up and he basically says something to the effect like you know thank you for inviting me and Condola's like well I actually didn't invite you you invited yourself but I'm glad that you're here and then he's like well that kind of makes me feel like what your friend said was true and she's like well what did my friend say and he basically was like I'm just your, 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 your F buddy and Condola was like oh no that's not true but you know he's like are you over your ex-husband and she's like I don't understand how this has anything to do with that he's like are you and she's like if anybody should be worrying about exes it should be me worrying about you and Issa and he's like well we're not a thing we're not together and she's like but yeah like he's like I left her and she's like because she cheated and he's like but I left her she's like well if she didn't cheat would you have left and Lawrence can't answer that and so it's like ooh chalet the shade so back at Molly's house Molly's having Thanksgiving with her family and her mom is really like you know one of those moms is like well I'm gonna have some grandbabies are you dating and Molly's like well I am dating and she's like well where is he so then she shows her mom the photo of Andrew and you know Andrew's Asian and the mom's like oh like kind of sort of makes a big deal about it and so she shows her brother and you know Molly like what you doing and then Molly's mom's like really like you should have brought him I thought you know we would love we'd be nice we would love to meet him and then she's like well Issa said it might be too much and then her mom is like well listen if he's going to be for you then he'll be able to handle all of this so Molly is a little awkward with her dad because last season we found out at her mom and dad's anniversary that her dad back in the day cheated on Molly's mom, but Molly's mom forgave him. They've been, you know, together ever since that kind of broke Molly's heart because Molly just always thought that her dad was the most perfectest man in the world. So her relationship with her dad has been off. And so like, you know, during Thanksgiving, they wanted to play Pictionary and, you know, they're like, Molly, you going to be on dad's team? And Molly's like, mm, actually, I'm going to just like, you know, play I'll I'll keep score and so one of Molly's brothers kind of checks her like girl you, dad messed up mom forgave him what are you still holding on to this for so that's kind of sort of what Molly is dealing with but baby so after Issa and her brother are done Thanksgiving you know she drops him off after they, you know they had some good Mexican some margaritas boom 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 Issa's home minding her business so obviously we see Lawrence and Condola he didn't that the way they ended was kind of weird so we see Lawrence at home you know scrolling through the Instagram like how I do looking at everybody's story so then he sees Issa's story out with her brother on Thanksgiving and he double taps it you know how on the stories you could double tap them and then they you know like it and then baby they start playing Maya dun, dun, 
It's after midnight. Now, for some of y'all that don't know that, that's Maya's song called Case of the X. And then he likes the photo or likes the story. And then all of a sudden you see the blue dots. Issa texts him back. Ooh. Now, mind you, I like Condola. I think she's great. But, baby, I will be here for Issa and Lawrence if they got back together. Because, obviously, that's what the real fans of Insecure want. We want Issa and you know Lawrence to get back together although Issa cheated on him Lawrence had a lot to play in that as well too like he wasn't fulfilling her you know all the needs although you should never cheat but I'm just saying so Insecure is great HBO 10 o'clock Sunday nights get into it keeping the menu rolling okay Governor Brian Kemp okay I had to read a governor last week and I'm gonna read Governor Brian Kemp this week. So last Monday, Brian Kemp, okay, Gov- Governor Brian announced last Monday that the state would allow some businesses, including tattoo parlors, hair salons, and bowling alleys to reopen. Baby, reopen for what? Now, mind you, I got a lot to say on this subject because I just feel like. It be hidden agendas and secret things like this because, first of all, okay, you open in hair salons, barbershops, and tattoo parlors, okay? Now, listen, follow me this, okay? I didn't hear him saying he reopening golf courses, tennis courts, or tanning salons. Now, I just say that to say that sometimes if it smell a little fishy, if it look a little fishy, sometimes it's fishy. Like, first of all, we're in a pandemic, Governor Brian Kemp, okay? So, we need to stay inside, okay? Like, this government has enough money that they could continue these stimulus checks, okay? In European countries, they're paying people 70% of their salaries. Other countries, people are, in Canada, they're getting $2,000 a week. Why are we just getting this uh, $1,200 stimulus if people are three months already behind when they rent? Okay, now... Now, the thing that annoys me about the governor and this language that he uses is that, like, you, we know that the coronavirus is affecting our communities, but we know that it's affecting our communities of color a lot differently than the rest, okay? We know that the lower impoverished areas, it's ravaging through. And so I find it interesting that... He decides to open up tattoo parlors, barbershop, hair salons. What, who, what, what and who are the people that are using those facilities? Like, it's interesting to me. And so my, you got to be woke people because it's like, you know what, Governor Brian Kemp, you, you, Brian, you need to stop. Okay, because you're not opening tennis courts, you're not opening country clubs, you're not opening tanning salons of the people that generally visit those. Okay. So, Brian Kemp, you need to stop playing. But I, I need to give a, a kudos, okay, to the mayor of Atlanta, Miss Keisha Bottoms, okay, because she ain't playing with it, okay? Although the governor said that on Monday, she also released a statement that said, just stay home. Listen to the scientists. There is nothing essential about going to a bowling alley or getting a manicure in the middle of a pandemic, Yes, Keisha, somebody got sense over there in Georgia, okay? Because we are worrying about the financial aspect and no, 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 okay? Because listen, every check that I got, Purple Pants Posse, they taking money out of it, okay? Where is that money going, okay? It should be going to times like this, that during a pandemic that we are saving as many people's lives as we can, unlike these governors that think that opening the state back up, opening the state back up slowly when the death toll is still rising, when the case numbers are still rising. Whoo! 
Governor Brian, okay, stop playing with the people of Georgia. Whoo, 1098. Seven six five four. I'm sorry, Pope Pants Posse. I just had to get that off my chest because I don't like seeing stuff like that. Like this pandemic, we gotta stay safe, okay? We need our purple pants protection. Whew. Whew. All right, I'm gonna leave it at that, y'all. Now let's get into the purple pants premonitions. Keeping the menu rolling, we are here with this week's installment of our Purple Pants Premonitions, which is definitely a fan favorite. And you know me, it is like my spiritual feeding. So let's welcome to the Purple Pants Premonitions our gangsta Gurry. What's popping? Here. I'm back, 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 back again, bitch. Hey. <laughs> How are you? I'm feeling good, feeling blessed. You know, we getting through the rest of April. I'm ready for May to go ahead and come on because, you know, April showers bring May flowers, boo. How about you? Yes, I am, you know, recovering from my slip and fall. Mm. Uh, But, you know, I am on the mend and I am excited to hear what you have for us this week. Listen, I'm glad that you're on the mend. Praise be that you are A-OK and getting there because, you know... Child, you scared me. You scared me, okay? Yes. Listen, I, I scare myself. I don't really think I um let the listeners know how bad I was hurt. Be, but, like, yeah, like, I re- like knocked myself out unconscious um, in the shower. So I'm just glad that I am, you know, recovering. And, like, you know, I really feel like it has given me motivation or that I have found purpose not that i found purpose but i am more leaning into my purpose mm-hmm. it's kind of like it, it shook you up it shook yeah, you up oh definitely did i understand completely and i feel like sometimes these things happen in our lives to get our attention and to really make us consider like what are we doing what's going on and am i doing all the shit that i said i was supposed to be doing or do i need to get in line because my ass is back i didn't have to be back so obviously i'm back for a reason so what we gonna do Definitely, and I'm definitely trying to like put that reason to purpose. I feel you, and I appreciate you even sharing that because I feel like with the cards that came up in preparation for this week's message, I think it speaks directly to potentially like this incident slash incidents that people could have been having in the most recent past. Because I know, like for me personally, like it's just been not necessarily drama, but things having to just like move around, like shit happening that you didn't think was going to happen, and now you're like, oh wait, now that this has happened, where do I need to go next? How do I move on from here? And um, I feel like for the last couple of weeks, we've been trying to figure out like our mood, like three days we feeling good. And then one day we feel low. Like, what is that? How do we make use of like all of the stuff that's coming into our lives? We have so much information coming to us from different directions. It's overwhelming. It's super overwhelming to be living right now. Like, let's be real about it. And how are we spending time or creating space to release? What kind of activities do you have in your life that bring you an opportunity to share your emotions or just be a little bit more transparent with your communities? I know I've been struggling a lot more lately to just like let people in my life, let people know like what's going on because we know that we're all like in the midst of stuff. So it feels like trying to get that emotional like uh, turmoil out or just like that pressure. It feels like it's uh, it's surmounting, like it's kind of like putting on our shoulders. And now it's like at a place where we got to do something with it. We got to let it go. But we also know that in emotional release, in letting go of stuff, you know, it allows us to know that we can still have power over ourselves. Like just because we standing up for ourselves and just because we having like these emotional little things going on doesn't mean that that takes us away from being strong people. Just because we have this stuff going on, it doesn't take us away from knowing how far we've come, right? Definitely, definitely, definitely. 
So it's all about us keeping that in mind as we are letting go of the old. We have space to make room for the new. But how do we appreciate the things that have already transpired and all the things that we have kind of like overcome, like the hurdles that we jumped over? How do we look at the hurdles we jumped over and take appreciation for those and show gratitude? Gratitude practices are things that we know we uh, may slip up on. I know myself, like I try to wake up. I was getting into this habit of like writing in my gratitude journal every day. Like I just try to write like grateful for my breath in my body, grateful for the fact that I woke up and could see, like, that type of stuff. And sometimes we take that stuff for granted. No, for sure, definitely. And I think, you know, with my slip and fall, it just, like, put so much into perspective for me about, like, you know, I am a single male, I live by myself, and that, like, I am fully functioning on my own. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, just being hurt and, like, really kind of, like, leaning on my support system uh, really just showed me, like, it just opened my eyes and just had, like, just gratification for just being like able-bodied, able-mind, able-sound and like, you know, appreciation for the people that can't do things on their own that are like stuck and it just really kind of just put me in a very grateful mold that like I'm here and that Mm -hmm. I can do and and I want to do and Mm -hmm. I need to do more so I definitely have that spirit over me um, and I I enjoy it because it really is motivating me a lot Mm -hmm. and I was telling you before like this time of year is very like interesting for me because like you know I share I'm very open uh with like you know my struggles with like seasonal depression and like you know the winter months I'm definitely down and out and although I try to fight it a lot of the time it gets the better of me Mm -hmm. um and then this time of the year I'm like come I'm like a turtle coming out of my shell like Mm -hmm. what's up what's going on Mm -hmm. and I am really trying to like you know maximize all of that yeah, no, I completely understand. And it's just like, you know, your, as I like to call it, your energetic cycle, like when you feel your lowest, when you feel great, and you also know some of the things that you can do in the interim when you don't feel your best. So it's just like getting into, I guess, like a a routine or getting into a schedule of like, what are the things that already exist in your life in those times that you can either maximize or how do you reach out to someone to get some clarity, maybe on some things that you need a little additional help on so that way you can keep afloat those things and being that self-aware of yourself right now going to be the major key as we're going through the month of uh, may because you know april showers bring may flowers boo so all the shit that happened all the bull you know we moving on we moving up yes yes we flowers we blossoming okay So, the Ace of Cups is our first card in reverse. Release, emotional exhaustion, and repression are our key words. It says, raw emotions are spilling out and you're finding it difficult to control your emotions. Intense highs and lows are rocking you off your center. And you are doing your best to stay afloat. Emotions are leaking into every area of your life, flooding them with repressed feelings and unwanted experiences. The pressure is mounting and you're about to explode. Healing requires the dark, twisty feelings to bubble up to the surface in order for you to let them go. By facing your emotions and releasing them, you'll be able to get through the barriers and create space for new possibilities. Holding on to the past is making you feel emotionally exhausted and is sucking up your energy. Reevaluate how your uncontrollable emotions are affecting your health and your loved ones. Now, I know this has been on your mind lately, hasn't it? Definitely. It's been all about just like, how do the things that have got me feeling out of whack, how do I let go of these things? Or what have I trained myself up to do in these moments that help me to remind myself how far I've come? 
remind me of the happiness that I can acquire and know that if it's not here today, it'll come tomorrow. Knowing that if I don't have it within myself to like help somebody else, maybe there's somebody that can help me in these moments and know that just because you're reaching outside of yourself for assistance doesn't mean you're weak. Doesn't mean you, you know, you can't have like nobody is perfect every single day of the month. Can I say that one more time? Mm. Nobody's perfect every single day of the month. Nobody perfect every single day. Okay. And sometimes we forget that because we try to show up and like uh, perpetuate these ideas of like how our lives are, what's going on. And what if we just were a little bit more transparent about what's happening? Because that's what allows us to connect and create on different levels. Mm, That's so true. That level of overwhelm represented in the seven of wands in reverse. This is all loss of power and territorial. It's clouding your thoughts. That overwhelming feeling those overwhelming emotions are clouding our uh our vibration right now and they make us feel like that overcommitment like we're doing too many things at one time we got our emotions in too many places at one time and that's what's preventing us from shining it says there's no room to breathe as you give your power away by compromising your position and backing down too easily there's a rigidity in guarding your territory and possessions out of a fear of losing them get a hold of yourself and release what doesn't serve you out of your life Gain back your sense of power and respect by remembering the true essence of who you are. So I have been asking myself this question, like, who am I? What is my purpose? I know we were having a conversation about purpose earlier. And it's like, you know, sometimes we get into these lives or we get into like these routines of doing something. And it's like, it feels great. You know, we get into it for like a couple months, a year, a couple years. And then something just starts to feel like there's a, a fire that's dying. You know, it's still burning, but it's not as high as it was at one time. And this is a moment where you're having to go back to the core, go back to where you came from and figure out what direction you actually want to go. Like you don't, you can back out. You can Mm. revoke access if you so choose, but know that you have to have a desire. You have to have an intention behind what you're doing. And as long as you get clear on where you're going and have strength, the strength card is our last card. And this comes up in reverse and the strength card in reverse is you're maybe feeling apprehensive, maybe feeling doubtful, Maybe feeling a little bit anxious. And this is because recently you lost confidence potentially after experiencing a setback. And this bump in the road may potentially fill you with doubt as you take a timid step forward, questioning if you are on the right path. You are giving into your animal instincts and acting out in reactionary ways. Take a deep breath. Realize this is a minor delay and that you have enough resilience to make it through. There is no need to be anxious. Your moment of weakness will pass in time to expel this period of doubt reflect upon positive things that are going well for you right now think about all the supportive people who've helped you along the way because there's something to always be grateful for and that gratitude is going to help get you through this challenging time always remember you are enough no matter what is happening in your life Mm. Mm -mm -mm. that's a read that's That's, a read listen that preach preach yo I, it's like, uh, and that's part of the reason why, because uh, I know I shot you a text. Sometimes, I don't know if you're the type of person, too, where somebody will pop up on your spirit. You're like, I should reach out to this person. And you just reach out to them to let them know that they were on your mind or they were on your heart. That's why I reach out to you, just so you know how much I do appreciate you just for your presence in my life and for your love. And just for us having just like a relationship. Like, that shit means the world. And those things are what help me stay grounded. So I suggest mm. to everybody else, like, if there's someone that you've been, you know, n- n- feeling like you can't reach 
reach out to them feeling like there's a little bit of like a wall or whatever. Like, no, be grateful for the fact that there have been people along the way to help you and know that if you're feeling anxiety, it's going to pass in time. Yes, I love it. Yes. I, I love it. Because that speaks true to me as well, too. Um, So I won't go into, like, great detail. But, like, I have got, like, family members that I don't speak with just because I don't necessarily, like, I just, I don't love the relationship. I don't mm-hmm. think that it's healthy. But, you know, it weighs on my spirit because, like, you know, one relationship can ultimately affect another relationship that ultimately can affect like the chain of the relationship Mm -hmm. and so like during this like you know this week of like you know my slip and fall I like you know was like you know what let me just reach out to this family member and like I just wasn't sure of the response that I would get but like you know the response that I get that the response that I received was you know pleasant some and like Mm -hmm. you know I'm like you know what I don't necessarily like want this family member like in my immediate circle but I don't mm-hmm. wish them well and I, I definitely think the lines of communication should be open and we be adults and so I definitely was like I, I felt a sense of relief that like that door was open that like you know I could text it or like we could have some type of communication mm-hmm. and so that that definitely rings home very true to me um, because that's something that I did this week and it's definitely like I, I just feel better about it um, and it's just like you know I, I feel like I've been down this road before mm-hmm. so I want to be more cautious but I definitely just want to like you know put my feelings out of I don't have any animosity I, I don't hate you I r- truly wish you the best and I just you know let, let's try to move forward in a productive positive way you don't gotta be my best friend i don't gotta hit you up all the time but like you know that that wouldn't even leak say the door is is closed the door is closed because that's what i be giving all the time but the door open i was about to say the doors of the church are open because that's what it's giving right now now i have a question when you think of a snake i want you to think of a snake Mm. what do you think of um i think of biting i think of like you know you know that the snake bites Mm-hmm. Okay, so like it bites and then it also it sheds, you know? True. So it's all about like, you know, the biting, the shedding, like kind of like slithering around, figuring things out slowly but surely. And the transmute card comes up. This is number 44. So number 44 is a number of like really strong grounding. You are changing. You are shedding skin from the old into the new. You know, the snake goes through letting go of skin so it can be all nice and shiny for the summertime and everything like that. So you are in a space right now of letting go of the old and bringing in the new. You did your part by, it's funny because uh, you said you reached out to your family member and the reach out card is sitting out right now. Mm. Reach out with clarity of belief in reverse. So it's like you reached out and you maybe got some clarity on the relationship that you guys had or it's like uh, you're getting a little bit more as time goes on. But as you know, reaching out is kind of like one of the hardest things for us to do. Um, sometimes it's like we want to reach out and we know that there may be some animosity. Sometimes we want to reach out and we know that we have good intent. But it's all about us knowing that as long as we can recognize why we're doing what we're doing and know that it's being done in love, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And as you're practicing, if you go into anything that you do with gratitude over the next couple of weeks, everything will fall in line, you guys. Mm. Reaching out and clarity of belief, reaching out is all about knowing that you are a strong and capable person. Yet sometimes you forget to ask other people for assistance. You struggle along doing your best, but often don't quite achieve the results you want. 
This is a reminder you don't have to do it alone. You may ultimately get what you want by going solo, but your desires will happen sooner and more gracefully with the help of others. So I want you to keep this in mind. Like uh, We went through changes over the last couple of weeks, and we recognized what we actually wanted. We, want, we recognized what it is that we actually uh, desire to have around us with our people, with like what we're bringing into our lives, what we're watching, all that stuff. And then we helped ourselves get in connection, get in contact with folks that help us to set clear goals, help us to remind us of the goals that we're already like achieving. You got this opportunity to talk to your family member and now you get to know a little bit more about the lines where y'all stand and it can get better. And it's like, it helps you also in your mind to think about the other relationships you may have in your life that you may want to change too. Um, and the clarity belief card is just like, hey, all of this is coming together. You're using your mind right now to transform and be communicative. communicative. And know that there's great potential around you to define who you really are at this point in your life, whether you believe it or not. All you have to do is determine what your beliefs are regarding commitments, regarding relationships and the type of people you want in your life. Say those out loud and determine what type of role you want to take on in those types of situations. So congratulations for you doing what you had to do and kind of like stepping outside yourself because I knew you had to put on your big boy britches for that a little bit. Definitely. Listen, doing the damn thing as I like to say. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and then in addition, we have, um, so finally, um, sometimes we get so caught up in what it means to control how we take care of ourselves and don't release it to uh, knowing that the universe is going to take care of things, right? You know, sometimes I think about that in the sense of like, uh, there's so much happening and we don't know what the next day is going to bring. We don't know what is going to be uh What's going to be discussed in our communities or how we may feel freedom the next day. So sometimes we have to release it outside of our own understanding. So I feel like a a gratitude practice. I know we've talked about this before, but I know I've slipped up on mine. So it's a good reminder. Get that gratitude practice in control and know that as you are nurturing yourself, you will start to uh, find that there's going to be more control as far as your emotions and how you get to handle yourself in a variety of different situations. You're learning what is inside your heart. You're learning what your soul wants to offer to others. And now this is a period of knowing that as you reach out towards the light and share the light with other people in your life, then that helps you to find that light within you. Yes, come on, find the light. This little light of mine. Come on now. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine. Come on. Come on, Jesus. I'm going to let it. Come on, you took me to the Baptist church. Took me back to the Baptist church, child. Yeah. Listen, this is a moment where we just have to be free. We are not being asked to be fluid. We are not being asked to be, you know, in control of everything like we like to do. We think that things are going to go back to normal after this. <laughs> like, no, bitch. This is not going to work. You just have to let things be the way that they're going to be. But also setting the intention to have things for your highest good, knowing that they will nurture you, nurture the souls of the people around you and help you get in alignment. Asking for alignment is going to be your key task for this week. So keeping in mind, we're learning how to stand our ground. We're learning how to be emotionally transparent with our friends. We're learning how to be emotionally transparent with ourselves. And this is really hard for us sometimes. This tends to be really difficult when uh, we don't always feel comfort. 
You know, we sometimes get really nervous letting people into our lives, letting people into just like the things that are going on, like on a deep level, because we feel like people don't want to hear it. But that's what we should be working against over the next couple of weeks. And knowing that there's actually strength, there's strength in numbers. I was about to say, I was, I've been watching Survivor a couple for like uh, old seasons for the last couple of days. Uh, there's strength in numbers. There truly is strength in numbers when you allow yourself to know it doesn't have to be done by yourself. Getting your gratitude practices and reaching out to people that are going to help you or have helped you along the way really important thing for you to do this week as well as knowing that you are in a a period of shedding letting go of the old so that way you can bring the new in so reach out to some people this week that you know probably could use a little bit of love or if you feel like you need some love reach out to somebody that could give it to you yes i'm here for it Mm -hmm. and i like to leave you guys with i've been reading this book so i uh do a lot of like these daily affirmations and you know reading up a lot of prayer and stuff like that as i was telling bryce before we hopped on here i'm observing ramadan for like the second year in a row so it really just helps me with like my gratitude practices and prayer and stuff and it says uh this book called dear universe letters of affirmation and empowerment for all of us and today's message for me it says dear universe today i ask that you help me to remember We have to fight the voices within us that tell us we should be ashamed for wanting to be happy. Tell them to be quiet. Tell them they don't know what they're talking about. Tell them they got the wrong number. (laughs) Tell them whatever you need to, but make sure you let that voice inside your head know that it is wrong. It's wrong to tell you you don't deserve to be happy. It's wrong to tell you you don't have to live your life in service to others to the detriment of yourself. Tell that voice to shut it up. Tell that voice you don't want to hear it and you ain't going to have it. Tell the voice you are worthy of every little bit of happiness and that you ain't going to be ashamed, sorry, or apologetic about it. Okay. Mm, Yes. Unapologetic. Okay. Get some happy. And that's what I uh, advise all of you guys to go out and get some sun, get some happy, get some love, and get some uh, routines in order. Because I know for me, it's like, uh, what can I do better? What can I do better? How can I become better? And really set that intention. Okay? Yes. I love it. Uh, Well... I guess this is going to conclude this installment of the Purple Pants Premonition. As always, our Gangsta Gurry. But real quick, before we go Gangsta Gurry, just let the people know, in case we have some first-time Purple Pants Premonition listeners here, where can they find our resident Gangsta Gurry? <laughs> well, if you want to find me, you can find me at GangstaGurry.me. Because it's me, girl. You can find me over there. I don't do that dot .com shit. Um, but you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter. I'll be uh, tweeting up the tweets and stuff like that instagram yes. gangster gurry it's all the same and um if you're interested you can subscribe to my patreon it's where i drop some special stuff for you know my uh patrons and stuff um and my youtube channel the g-spot where i just talk shit <laughs> yes i love it everywhere. and you guys should definitely follow him on Instagram because his Instagram chains be popping. I be loving, like, when I open my... I'm saying Instagram. Your Instagram be popping with your daily videos. Mm. I love them, but no, I'm saying Twitter. His Twitter be popping. His... he <laughs> Your Twitter be crazy. I be loving to follow your chains and your Twitter. All, <laughs> all the responses and your, uh, your gifs and the uh, emojis, they just so crazy. Yes. But, Thank you, as always. And before we end this, let me just give gratitude to you. Thank you for being a part of my podcast. Thank you for the Purple Pants Premonition. It really does. I don't know what other people get out of it. I can only truly speak for myself. And I really do feel like it speaks to my soul. And it helps give me clarity. So I am definitely thankful for this relationship that we have developed. You are amazing. And we will see you in two weeks for our next Purple Pants Premonition. Thank you. It's a purple pants pick, it's a purple 
pants pick it. Yeah, hurry up, Rick. It's a purple pants pick it. And we are to one of my favorite segments on the podcast, Purple Pants Picks. You pick, I say. So this week on Instagram, I got Tur underscore Kerr writes, Bryce, how are you dealing with the uncertain times by the pandemic? Well, I mean, I'm just living life. I just feel like if we, I mean, obviously we got to be safe. You know, we need our Purple Pants protections and we got to be safe out here. But I, I can't let the pandemic control my life. I still have to live my life. I still got bills to be paid. I still have things that I need to do and I still have goals to achieve and so that's what I choose to focus on and I keep telling you guys like I don't watch the news I used to like you know love to watch me some CNN some news I don't watch like I I try to read you know some news articles every now and then but I try to like stay clear the news because like it, it's going cloudy up you, like you know just get into your space and I just can't allow it like I choose to want to be in a happy space I choose to want to not let this pandemic get me I choose to be safe check on my love ones and nourish my friendships and relationships around me so that's truly how I get through it I know it can be scary and I know a lot of people are having like you know panic attacks and like freaking out but bay bang Nothing in this world is certain, okay? Tomorrow is not promised to any of us, okay? So we have to use every day like it's our last and continue to try to like make the most out of every day is truly how I've been trying to get through this pandemic. And it's been working for me. Now, do I have my days? I have my ups, my downs? Absolutely. But for the most part, I try to even and level out. So that's really what it gets through to me. Um, our next one comes from Phil Tastic on the Instagram. He writes, a Lysol being injected into the body and company having to tell people not to do it baby 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 okay y'all know 45 went on this rant at one of the corona press conferences talking about the bright light and injecting the Lysol and baby I I can't even I, I can't feel fantastic I can't even spend time the fact that people are actually having to say this okay and I I even write an article, I don't know if it was New York or something, where it was like four people was like drinking bleach. Chow! Now you know. Now you know. Now you know. Okay. How am I getting through this pandemic? That's why I don't watch the news. Okay. That's how I'm getting through this pandemic. Because listen, some of these stories, I'm just like, is it really 2020? Are we really talking about adults here? Fantastic 10987654321. That's what I got to say to that. Okay, cuz I can't even. I can't even. Then we got my girl E8 Teller 20 writes Tito's or box wine. Who? E8 Teller, what you trying to fight, girl? Girl, listen, you can't compare oranges to apples. Okay? Oh, E8 Teller. Come here so I can slap you. Um, I don't know. That's a hard choice. Now, let me say this. Um, so if it's like a TV night, if I'm like, you know, podcasting, if I'm having some friends over, then I'm going to definitely go with my box wine. And I don't know if I told y'all, but on Groupon the other day, well, not the other day, a couple of weeks ago, when this pandemic was all happening, uh, Wendell was like, I just got some wine off a of Groupon. You should fully look into it. So I looked into it and I got this Groupon for about, I got like 15 cases of box wine for like the price of two. So shout out to Groupon. So I am stocked up on my box wine. And maybe like two weeks ago, I had went over to, because in Pennsylvania, like the wine and spirit, well, in Pennsylvania, here's a story in a story, um, beer and like 
liquor are not sold together. So we have a thing called like the wine and spirit store in Pennsylvania. And we also have like the beer store. So like you'll never really see beer and wine together. You'll have to get them at two different locations. But another strange fact is that the wine and spirit store is a controlled by the state of Pennsylvania. So when this pandemic happened, they shut down the wine and spirit store because it was a state run store and they were like, oh, we're going to keep our state employees safe. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had to drive over to New Jersey and I stocked up on some Tito's. So I got me a nice big bottle of Tito, but I generally will drink a mixed drink of Tito's if I'm like going out or, you know, like, you know, going to somebody's house, going out for the night. And so mind you, that big bottle of Tito's that I got, I haven't really been using it because I ain't really like, you know, going out. So I've been drinking my box wine. So that's a hard one. Uh, EA Teller, you cannot pick Okay, you can't pick between apples and oranges. You just can't. Um, then we've got the one and only Sarah on Instagram writes, Real Housewives of Potomac update. Yes, yeah, so I am so upset. So you know, the Real Housewives of Potomac was supposed to premiere the first week in May, that first Sunday. Uh, however, Bravo released a statement that the season's coming it's just coming to the summer. So I'm assuming what probably happened is, you know, a lot of the time in the summertime, um, they film like the end of the summer they film the Real Housewives of New York you know Atlanta films during the summer and I believe some of Beverly Hills films during the summer so I'm thinking what happened is with this pandemic people can't film so they probably want to stretch these housewives out so instead of having like you know because currently right now we've got the housewives of new york we've got the housewives of beverly and then they're going to add potomac in the mix so instead of having three housewives on at once when there may come a time that we might not have any housewives on because of the pandemic why not stretch it out a little bit so we gotta wait a little bit longer for potomac we don't have a release date yet we just know it's the summer um okay then we've got boston mike 32 says started talking with a new guy over quarantine but he's starting to get flaky well boston mike well boston mikey 32 listen if you're getting flaky over the quarantine let him go. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. Don't stress. Don't worry. If this, if they showing you, first of all, I feel like if you start new friendships, new relationships over the quarantine, this is like the perfect time to like really get to know somebody. Like, you know, you don't have to worry about impressing with the looks. You can really kind of get to know. I think it's the most organic thing. So if you are talking to a new flavor of the week and they are acting flanky, what they say, what did Maya Angelou say? What did Maya, Maya, I can't even talk, Maya Angelou say? When somebody show you who they are, believe them. They start to act flaky. Mikey, just stop contacting. Just fall off. Fall off completely and get you an, get you somebody else and say, thanks for helping me dodge a bullet, is what I would say. Um, and then the, what is this? Lovely Lisa underscore seven says trying to save money help you and me both but let me just tell you something lovely lisa underscore seven during this pandemic i've been very blessed with job security that my jobs aren't going anywhere my jobs i'm actually busier but i would have to say during this pandemic i've been saving so much money and i've really been kind of watching my bank account and i always hear people say like you know Keep track of your finances for a month and see what you really spending your money on. And I was always like, I ain't never going to be one of those people to do it. I know what I spend my money on. But during this pandemic, I've really been keeping a close eye on my pocketbook. And I am 
like at the end of the week, I'm like, wow, I have so much more money in my account. And it, I really contributed to like my social outings and my social events, like going out, getting something to eat, just drinking. Like I literally been saving that money because I'm like, you know what? Let me try to grow this. So that's really how I've been saving money. Lovely Lisa underscore seven. So I think that if we I feel like the old people watch what you spend your money on, baby. But that's really what I've been doing. And I, I am. Listen, I can't complain. I'm trying to save a dollar. OK. Because, child, you never know when a rainy day might come up. Shalang. Well, that is going to conclude this week's Purple Pants Picks. You know, every Friday or Saturday, I will post to my Instagram uh, a story with some purple pants. And I'll say drop some topics, anything that you guys want to know about, love, advice, TV shows, anything. Drop them. You pick. I say. And that's how this thing go. It is time for advice. Give it to you by price. It's time for advice with Bryce. All right. Once again, thanks again, Bryce, for having me here on your podcast. It was a lot of fun last time. So I was going through the advice submissions and I found a really, really good one. Um, so we're going to get into it. Hey, Bryce, I hope you are doing well in this quarantine and chill. My situation is a little complicated, so I'm going to do my best to explain it. It will be long, though, and there's a lot of things that have happened, but I don't want to bog you down with all the small details. I started working at a company two years ago, working with adults with the disabilities to help them find employment in the community. A year ago, an opportunity to switch positions within the company arose for me, and I was going to be able to work with inner city high school students with disabilities. In this position, I was going to be able to work with 10 kids for a full year to train them on essential skills and work trainings in the hospital and help those kids gain careers. And this also came with a pay raise. So I took it. I have absolutely loved my job in the beginning. I love the kids. I love what I'm doing to help them gain independence and confidence. However, what I have learned in this position is that the people who work for this program, most of them treat the program like a numbers game, an opportunity for them to get praise for helping others. There are a lot of, quote, hands in the pot of a nonprofit. Many of the people require me to do work that other sites like mine in other states have three to four employees do. Also, the people that I work with have been treating me in a way that makes it difficult for us to be productive. I work with one teacher who works full-time, I work full-time, and there's a part-time person on staff as well. Myself and the teacher get along, got along very well in the beginning of the year. We worked hard to keep the program running. In January, I was required to travel to another work site, often to support some of our interns, and this is when the shift began. I have been gossiped about, endured passive aggressive comments, accepted criticism that came at me directly and tried to fix those issues and left out a huge and left out of huge decisions for our program on purpose. I had spoken to both of my coworkers to try and fix the issue that they felt were there and I had done my best to make things work for them. Even after all of that, I'm still being left out of important decisions and treated like an outsider. I have tried my best to stay positive and remember what my job is about, but with the situation of little funding, other people pressing me to do more than I can, and the people that I work with not working with me anymore, my job has come to a place where I'm starting to feel like I would be better served to help people in a different position. My passion in life is to work with early intervention, and I have been wanting to get back to my passions, but I don't want to be another person who has left my position, which I failed to mention previously, but this position has a lot of turnover. No one has stayed more than two years, and the teacher that is there has been there the entire time. Whew. 
that was a lot. I'm just frustrated and know that in order for me to do the best job I can do, I need to feel rooted in a part of the team. But I don't want to give up on these kids. But I also know that I need to look out for my health and step away from situations that no longer serve me. Should I stick it out still and continue to be frustrated and run out of options? Or should I take this time to look into getting back to my roots of what I love? Send help. I would love to hear your unbiased opinion of the situation. Thank you so much, Bryce. You are amazing and a true light in this world. Becky Lyle. Whew, that was a lot. Well, thank you, Nasir, for another great advice reading. And Becky, 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 girl. So I have a couple of things to say uh, to this. I can absolutely relate. So when I first graduated from college um, and I went to school for education, I taught in a school for a year and I... I just I didn't like being in a classroom. I felt caged. So after the school year ended, I applied for jobs and I got a job at a nonprofit agency. It was a foster care agency. So it's kind of like my first dabble into, uh, you know, foster care and social work. So I, you know, got into this nonprofit agency, not knowing anything, not knowing anything about nonprofits and not really knowing much about the field other than like I truly wanted to be a different. Like I knew that the type of personality that I have I always got along with kids and that like I connected with the children in my classrooms, uh, but I just felt like I was doing more support for them in the outside world, which is why I wanted to transition transition into social work. Um, but there are a couple of things, Becky, about nonprofits and just about this field that we like, you know, the social service field that we're in. The turnover rate is extremely high, Okay, extremely high. Um, and this field that we are in is very unforgiving in the sense that like they will continue to pile more work on you with no thanks. And so I always say when people get into this field of education, of support, of social work, you have to be in it for the best for, you know, not monetary because, you know, we don't make a lot of money, but you have to be in it for the kids to make a difference. Um, but I, I say that to say in this nonprofit that I worked in kind of sounds similar to yours. I started in one position. Then they, you know, gave me another position with no raise. Then all of a sudden I'm, you know, working after hours. I'm running these programs with no pay raise no nothing from my bosses saying like great job like and I'm like well why am I doing all of this work and sometimes in nonprofit organizations they can be small they can be very petty the gossip wheel people talk I remember there was an issue um that well first of all like so many issues so many things that I just feel like are inappropriate so when I got to know a lot of my coworkers that at this job that I started with they were like uh you know this is months after I started they're like yeah we knew you were gay before you started I'm like huh they're like yeah they told us they're hiring a gay guy mm-hmm. oh Okay, like how unprofessional and how rude and disrespectful was that? But whatever. Like, so that is somewhat of the nature of nonprofits. Not all, but sometimes they're small. They're, you know, and you know, sometimes they can be toxic. Um, but what I, my advice to you is, is that you have to do what's best for you. And me as a social worker, I was able to handle my, and this is, 
I had to eventually leave that nonprofit because I knew that I was not my same energetic self with the kids that I was coming in contact with because I had more pressure from administration. I was doing more work and not being compensated, not even gratitude. And so I ultimately had to leave. Um, and I think there comes a point, Becky, that, you know, we want to be there for the kids. But at the end of the day, if we are not supportive of ourselves, if we are not taking care of our mental health, if we're not taking care of our personal time, how can we be a support to these children? And so I say the same for you, that if you are not being respected, if you are not being consideration into the work that you're doing, if people are gossiping, like that, ain't, that sounds like a toxic work environment. And I definitely think that you should look to spread your wings. Sometimes that's the hardest thing. And every like job in the social work world that I've left, I've always like kind of had that feeling of regret. Like, you know, a lot of the times for me, the children would get so attached to me. And I know that like, you know, every time that we had to remove children from their homes, that is like trauma. It's a, a sense of loss. And so I was like, I don't want to traumatize any of my kids for leaving. Um, and so, but I had to be open and honest with them. And I think that, you know, I, when I did finally put my two weeks notice in, I did explain to all my kids. You know, I tried to stay in contact with as many of them as I could. But ultimately, I had to do what was best for me. Because if I'm not in a place that I can thrive, that I can be my true, unauthentic, if I can't be my authentic self, then I'm not giving my all to my job. And you sound like me. You sound like you're passionate and you care. And if you are not in an environment where you feel like that you can thrive, then girl, you got to go. You got to do what's best for you. And if your heart is saying, let me get back into what my calling is early intervention then yes you gotta listen to yourself girl you writing an advice with Bryce and you already know what the advice is girl this advice with Becky today but seriously though like you know you can't feel guilt for wanting to better yourself you know and what a perfect time if this pandemic is happening and you're not even in school, then girl, yes, you need to be on that computer every day trying to do what you can do to get yourself in that field. And that just goes for anybody like anybody out there. Like sometimes we like stress ourselves for like wanting to do something, but we kind of hold the regret. Nope, there is no regrets. Regrets. We have to love ourselves. We got to be the best. We have we have to advocate for ourselves. If we don't advocate for ourselves, how are we supposed to advocate for other people? Becky girl, you know the answer. Do what you got to do. And, you know, hold on to this job until, like, even if, like, you don't find anything over the summer because, you know, with this pandemic, there's a lot of things going on. Even if you got to start next year, keep one foot in the door, but keep yourself looking for something else. And, like, you know, and when it is time for you to leave, be honest with the students. And that's all that you can do. Like, you know, we can't change the world. We can't change the system. We can only change the people that we come in contact and we can affect. And we can affect people the most when we are able to do our job the best that we can and we are in a healthy environment. And that's what you got to look for, boo. That's 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 what you got to look for. Because anything else, you're not going to be giving your best work. You're going to be boggled down by the gossip. You're going to be like, you know, how are they making changes about your job, but not even including you? Like, you know, it ain't great. And then you are end up going to like, you know, not be giving your all to the students. And that's what you want to do. So, nope. You know what to do, Becky. Wish you luck. Be on the Indeed. Bitch your resume out there. And you know what you need to do. So anyone else that needs advice with Bryce out there, you can email me at purplepantspodcast at gmail.com. Short, long, anything you need, you know I am well-versed in the real-world experiences. And I just give you my unbiased opinion, and I keep I give it to you real, raw, and uncut. <laughs>
And that is going to be this week's Advice with Bryce. Now, I'm so excited to move on to our Purple Pants pop-up. We haven't had a Purple Pants pop-up in such a long time, so get into it. I'm so excited for this week's Purple Pants pop-up. I haven't done a pop-up in such a long time, but I figured what the occasion. So I have the honor and the privilege to have my good friend, Eliza Orlin, on the Purple Pants podcast on our Purple Pants pick. So welcome, Eliza, to the Purple Pants podcast. Oh my God, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you and get to chat and um, for our big event coming up on Wednesday. Yes, I'm so excited and I'm so happy to have you here now. But first, before we talk about the event, event if you could just tell the purple pants posse what's been going on in your world because mind you i'm so excited i like scream from the top of my lungs when we talked on the phone that other day i just was like just literally telling you how proud i am of you just because the friendship that we've had over the last six years you are so outspoken you are so passionate and i think that is so amazing the work that you do but all right i could go on and on and on and on about eliza but yes eliza tell the people what is going on in your life if they don't already know. Bryce, I'm so grateful for you. You have no idea. Um, so for, for folks who don't know, I have spent the last decade as a public defender in Manhattan, and I've stood side by side representing more than 3,000 people charged with crimes in this city. And these are people uh, who couldn't afford to hire an attorney. And so I fight for justice for them. And our criminal legal system right now is cruel. It is unjust. It doesn't make us safer. And the DA's office treats people like dehumanizes them in every way. I mean, Mm. case numbers, felons, bodies, inmates, criminals. And we need someone who's going to see the humanity in each person and fight for justice for people. And so I decided to, to run for Manhattan District Attorney. Yes, that is so exciting. I just, I I feel like your passion, your experience, and just the person that you are, you would, you would be, first of all, we're speaking it into existence. You are going to be Manhattan's district attorney because we only speak things into existence. But I just know the passion that you have, it would just change lives. And like what I was speaking to you earlier is that like the one thing that I respect about you, Eliza, is one, first of all, you tweet you say what you mean and you mean what you say and like if anyone that follows you know Eliza's Twitter you know she's always talking politics she's always talking reform she's always talking things that like really speak home to me and one of the things that I really respect about you Eliza is that like you know you are a a privileged woman in America and there's nothing wrong with that that's who you are Uh, however what I respect and admire so much about you is that you don't have like you don't some people have privilege and they act like they don't know they have privilege and they're just like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, but you, you have privilege. You recognize that you have privilege and you recognize that other people don't have privilege and you fight for that. And that is like, that literally gives me chills. And I respect that so much about you, Eliza. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's, it's absolutely true. It's, I recognize how wildly privileged I am, um, you know, as a white woman, I am not routinely harassed by police officers. I recognize that, you know, I have clients who've been arrested for as little as as laying down on a park bench. Mm. It's called obstruction of a park bench, literally laying down. And if I were to lay down on a park bench, the worst thing that would happen 
if a police officer even approached me is they would probably say, miss, is everything okay? Do you need something? Meanwhile, my clients get taken off of a park bench, face down on the sidewalk, Mm. hands in handcuffs behind their back, taken to jail for the night for laying down on a park bench. And, And it's based on the color of their skin, the neighborhood in which they live. I mean, it's just completely obvious that there is a disproportionate way in which our criminal legal system is operating and it's systemic racism Mm -hmm. and systemic injustice. And I've always tried to weaponize my privilege to, to fight for, for marginalized communities and to, it's why I've spent over a decade as a public defender and representing people and watching as this Manhattan district attorney's office has created a culture perpetuating this, like lock them up, throw away the key mentality. Mm. And so I know what needs to be fixed and I know how to fix it. And instead of taking people's needs seriously, this DA has not used used his power correctly. He's given breaks to the wealthy and well-connected and forgotten about everyone else. Mm, that it's just and it, that not just in Manhattan, that's all over the United States. And it's like, you know, it, it it takes a village and it takes one person at a time to stand up and fight the good fight. And I truly believe that you are fighting the good fight, which is why I throw a hundred thousand million support to you and whatever that I can do. Um, so I'm just excited to have you here and I'm excited to have you running for Manhattan District Attorney. It truly makes me proud. Now, let's explain what this event we got going on coming up this week yeah well um you know part of running a campaign is raising money and and figuring out events and obviously in this era of of covid the things that i thought were going to be happening are not um i have now officially been in self-isolation for longer than a season of survivor i think it's my 40 something day of being being by myself well i have an oscar thankfully um but but you know so we're just trying to figure out ways of of still doing events and and coming up with creative out-of-the-box solutions to this and one of the things that i'm so lucky to have is my my amazing community of of survivor contestants so i called a bunch of friends and i asked if they'd be willing to participate in an online event you know surviving with the survivors which we will talk about stories how everyone's coping what people are up to now you know lots of exclusive content and we're doing this the hour on the east coast the hour leading up to survivor on wednesday so at 7 p.m eastern um we're gonna get together with um over 40 survivor contestants uh including people all the way back from seasons from season one we've got you know tons of winners winners who were excluded from this season who i think it might be (laughs) super interesting to hear from um all the way up through season 39 so and 40 obviously but um but it's just going to be so much fun and and people can request their favorite um based on on you know the the level and and end up in a in a breakout room and get to ask some questions to that person and have an intimate intimate chat so i think it's going to be a lot of fun i'm super excited yes i'm so excited so it's going to be tomorrow which is wednesday april 29th and how can people you know it's only one day left but how can people get in on this if they want to participate in this um, yeah, so they can go to go.elizaorleans.com slash survivor and get a ticket. Um, yes. we'll probably be closing ticket sales today so we can assign everyone to their, to their breakout rooms and be ready for the big event. Yes. 
So if you guys hear that Purple Pants Posse, get up on this. I know that I've tweeted it. Eliza's retweeted it and so many other Survivor people have retweeted it. So make sure you check that link and definitely support my girl Eliza. Now, Eliza, if anyone wants to maybe donate to your campaign or help support, what are some ways that they can do that? Oh, I would be so grateful for the support. And, you know, we we need volunteers. We need donations. We need people to spread the word on social media. Um, my website is ElizaOrleans.com. And people can go there to find out more information and to do all of those things. And I'm Eliza Orleans on Twitter and E Orleans on Instagram. Um, and Eliza Orleans for New York on Facebook is my candidate page. So um, would love to connect with everyone on all of the above. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Eliza, for stopping by the Purple Pants podcast. It's been an honor and I wish you continued success. And I cannot wait to officially call you Manhattan District Attorney because, listen, we speaking it to existence over here. Thank you so much. Grace, thanks for having me and thank you for your support. I'm so, so, so grateful for you. Yes. And the same to you, Eliza. And that is going to conclude our Purple Pants pop up. If you guys want to do a Purple Pants pop up with me, you got a book. You know, you got anything that you feel like that people need to know. You guys can also email me at purplepantspodcast at gmail.com and we will put you on the docket. All right. Keeping this podcast rolling last, but certainly not least, the freak of the week, baby. You know, and it's a hard one to follow after last week's Aaron Murdoch, but baby. So I told y'all that, you know, I went on Rob and Akiva has a podcast to do the family feud. And there were so many great people there. You know, I can't even say them all. My girl, Allie Lash. Sure, but you know, Stephen Fishback was a surprise family guest for Akiva. And so after the podcast, I was just like, you know, in all of how much fun we had, I just started going to people's Instagram pages. And you know, I hadn't checked on Stephen Fishback's Instagram in such a long time. So I, like, you know, just went and baby, whoo, Chile. Okay. He has a photo on April 15th and he writes, Mr. Cool Guy looking extremely natural and hips in his old school survivor gear. Baby, now y'all know Ethan from this season of uh Survivor Winners at War has these old school survivor shirts out, and a lot of the old school survivor players have been wearing. But baby, I don't know when Steven Fishback became a a poolside model, but baby, you gotta get into Steven's pose by this pool. He got his hips out, he got his hand over his head, baby, looking like a bay watch. Okay, bay watch out for Steven Fishback because he is definitely this week's freak of the week. Please go find that photo on Steven Fishback's Instagram. Okay, it's from April fifteenth, and let him know. He is definitely the freak of the week. Well, guys, I hate for this to come, but this is going to conclude this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. But wait, 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 wait. I know, I know, I know you all the guys to go. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you tell a friend and tell a friend and tell a friend about this podcast. Write a review. Give me some five-star ratings. If you see this on the Twitter, retweet it. You see us on the Instagram, write a comment. I need to see my Purple Pants Posse. Okay, let's get some protection. Let's show this podcast some love. But like always, thank you guys so much for your support. And I will see you next week. It's a, it's a, it's a. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. 
she's trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast, she's trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants, it's the Purple Pants.